Welcome back for episode 5 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the legendary Audrey Ditt Clapper edition. I'm your host Mark Allred from the North Shore of Massachusetts and from the South Shore of the state is my co-host Derek DeVecchio. Derek, what's up man? I'm much. How are you man? Doing very good. Doing very good. Had a a decent week. I watched some good hockey um, and looking forward to doing some, uh, some trade deadline talk with you this afternoon. Sounds good to me, man. I can't wait. 24 more hours. Right. Yeah, it's going to be a, an unsettled 24 more hours in Bruins uh, Nation as everybody prepares for what uh, General Manager Don Sweeney might do when he drops the hammer, if he does anything at all. Well, I mean, he's got plenty of options at his disposal, and, you know, that $6 million in cap space will be a big help, too. Gives him a little bit of wiggle room. So, um, you know, there's a lot of deals going on around us. So hopefully uh, we'll hear one from the Bruins soon. Yeah, there's certainly been some news. Um, uh, with uh, Florida seems to be stacking it up a little bit, uh, preparing themselves for a run, as they sit really um, in a decent position in the in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they were very busy yesterday, and look at Chicago and what they've done over the past three or four days. My Lord, talking about a team that's going all in for the Cup, that's one right there. Absolutely. Um, before we get to our trade deadline special, I'd just like to do uh, my, my famous stat pack that I love doing and people love to hear. Uh <laughs> Uh, just real quick, I just want to go right through and just uh, update. Uh, after 62 games, the Bruins are 34-22-6 and six with 72, 74 points. Uh, the third in the Atlantic Division, fifth in the Eastern Conference. They have an away record of 21-7-3, a home record of 13-5-3, which needs work. And in their last 10, they're 6-4-0. and uh, The power play is ranked fourth. The penalty kill is sliding and ranking 10th. Their goals for is ranked 3rd, which is pretty steady for the season. And their goals against is sliding down just a little bit um, with 170 goals against. Uh, Last week's games, uh, some interesting ones to say the least. The... Monday, last Monday's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, they lost 6-4, to which was a tough one. 
But um, came back on Wednesday with a huge win against a, a powerful Pittsburgh Penguins team with a 5-1 to win. And on Friday night, they played the surprising Carolina Hurricanes uh, to a 4-1 to win, which was uh, impressive because... I, I say impressive because you come from beating a team like Pittsburgh to playing a team like Carolina. And in the past, as Bruins fans know, you play a good team and then you play a, a crappy team that's pretty much out of the playoffs and you're going to get a crappy result. Great. So, um, yeah, I mean, a good week, you know, points are at a premium right now with 19 to 20 games left. Um, and if they, you know, they're sitting third in the conference, I'm sorry, third in the Atlantic right now. So whether they stay there or jump back to a wild card position, I don't know. Um, Detroit and, and, uh, and Pittsburgh are really, really climbing, uh, and possibly, I mean, Detroit, especially, which is in our, our the Atlantic Division, um, could be a problem for us. Well, with Detroit, we need the season series two to one with them right now. We swept the season series with Pittsburgh. So towards the end of the season, you know, while we're jockeying in position with them, that's going to be a big help. Um, the other thing with the past couple of games and, and, and a guy that really needs to, you know, get some recognition is Tuka Rask. I mean. He's got a 976 save percentage in the last two games. I mean, he is just on right now. He's faced, what, almost 80 shots in the last two games? Yeah, lots of shots. Yeah, giving up a total of two goals, I mean, he's playing great. And that's what they're going to need. You need your goaltending to be on their game if you have any prayer of going anywhere in the postseason. Agreed. But, you know, if he can just clean up this defense, you never know. Yeah, that that defense is uh, it's it's got some really bad holes, and uh, and exposes lanes when um, you're not covering. Um, you know, box them out, do something, but don't let these guys sneak in because they're they're finding ways to to get pucks packed past Tuca. You know, it's funny if you look at one of the trade rumors that I'll mention later, but it's uh, like Russell from uh, Calgary leads the league in block shots. Second. Uh, Oh, he's second. That would be something. That would be, is he second? But it's still pretty damn good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's very good. I mean, you know, so I can see where an acquisition like that would help uh, for their defense. But, yeah, I mean, they've been playing a little bit better defensively lately. Uh, Morrow has been great. He's been really good. I mean, I really, really have enjoyed watching him the past couple of games. See what happens when you get consistent games. You know, you're not, you're not playing one week. Uh, one game every two weeks, and I'm watching from the press box. That's what happens with players, you know. You got to play him. I understand that he's not the the you know the the best on the on the roster, but you know, I'm not saying he's the best. Period. I mean, he's he's having a good stretch here. The beginning of the season, I wasn't happy with his with his efforts at all, but lately, he just seems like he wants to play and he really wants to be a part of that team. And doesn't want to sit for uh, you know two hundred feet up in the up in the air. Oh, and you know, I mean, one thing that I've noticed a lot lately is the speed. He's coming out of the zone. He's, you know, 
instead of just sitting back there and playing reverse the puck with his defense partner, you know, he's uh, skating the puck out with speed, and he's making great plays. He really is. His defensive possession numbers have really changed in the past four or five games. I've seen a huge trend um, the opposite way while uh, uh, possession numbers for Chara and Seidenberg, and um, I think that's it. Um, are, are not good at all. Well, so. and I think that, uh, you know, they need to pretty much abandon the whole Trotman, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, what's the one looking for? Experiment. I just, uh, he just looks lost out there. In the past couple of games, they've had Morrow rather than Trotman. You can just tell a difference in the team, you know? I mean, that poor kid, his, his mistakes were ended up in the back of our net. And, uh, you know, it's two goals given up in the past, what, 80 shots? I mean, you know, give credit to Chuka, but at the same time, he's seeing a lot of these shots a lot more over the past couple of games, which is great. It means the defensemen, they're clearing out the front of the net, and there's not a lot of traffic in front. Agreed. You know? That's a huge That's a huge part. Huge part of the game is, is being able to see what's going on in front of you and having the smarts enough to to position yourself accordingly. Um, all right, so uh, real quick, let's talk about the games coming up. I don't think we've done that. So uh, uh, this coming week, there's a four-game homestand. It uh, starts today um, with Tampa Bay coming to the TD at 630. Uh, Tuesday, they play the Calgary Flames at the TD at 7 p.m. And Thursday... They play Chicago at 7 p.m. at the Garden, and then round, finish the four-game homestand against the Washington Capitals on Saturday night at 7 p.m. There's a lot of lot of uh, good teams right there. Three out of four teams this week that are really going to play the Bruins tough, and and with the home record of 13, 15, and three, you got to hope. Like we talked in the off air, like you said, five points out of this uh, this four game homestand would be a, would be good. Um, you know, six would be good for me too. Whatever how it works out, they have to bring the home game back this week and for the remaining of the season to be even close to possibly getting out of a second round in the playoffs. Great. And, you know, if you're lucky enough in this league to get home advantage in the playoffs, you take it. We're the two games under 500 right now. I mean, that's definitely an area they're going to have to fix. You know, and, uh, you know, it's just one of those abnormalities. You really can't sit here and pinpoint why, you know. Um, isn't an attitude thing? Are they too amped up when they play in front of their home crowd? Whatever it may be. This is something that you know, we're, we're pretty much almost into March now. So this is definitely something they need to fix. Long overdue, you know. But, uh, yeah, because, you know, getting into the playoffs, uh, you want that home field, that home ice. I mean, that matters a lot. And if, you know, you're going to have to play, you know, three game sevens just to advance, it's like, you know, just making it more difficult on yourself. How to win those home games. Absolutely, and you got to do it in front of your home crowd, man. I mean, this this season's been disappointing for any person that's purchased tickets to go see one of this pro- the product on the ice. 
uh, whether it be season tickets or individual game purchases. Um, yeah, it's tough. You know, I mean, I hate to say it, but you're supposed to have the freaking the the flip side of this whole thing. You're supposed to be shitty on the road and, and an awesome home record, you know. But these are the bipolar Bruins we're dealing with. True. You know, one of the things that Neely had said, Cam Neely, when he started here in 2009, is that he wanted this team to be, be tougher to play against at home. And this must be killing him. <laughs> watching what they're doing at home right now because, you know, teams are just coming in and pretty much having their way with us. Absolutely. Definitely getting outskated, which is uh, another area of the of the uh, the team, the organization that needs to be addressed, not only defensively but with uh, with with depth, you know, forward depth. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to constantly preach that, you know, the the fourth energy line it's got to sooner or later change, you know, get players with speed, get players that can put puck in the net, but get players that can also tussle it up a little bit, that are a little gritty, you know, get the all round player, get the package deal. Just don't get the guy that sits five minutes on the ice and, you know, is, is, you know, starts a freaking fight just to get things riled up. You know, yeah. it's just, it's maddening to me that other teams in the league have, have finally jumped on the train of of the the, the rolling with four lines of depth, but others just don't seem to find it. They you know think that the the days of the big bad Bruins are always going to be there every year without changing. Right. I mean, I, I love to see a badass hockey game. Don't get me wrong, but I also want to see one that's going to last in the future. You, you know, it's, and this is going to be tough for me to say because I love the fighting in hockey more, you know, as much or more than most. But at the same time, you don't have to be a heavy physical team to fight. You can be heavy and you can play physical, but at the same time, not have to drop the mitts every five minutes. There's plenty of ways to generate momentum for your team. Dropping the gloves is one of them. There's a lot of others, so hopefully they'll uh, they'll figure this out. I, I I agree on that. Like I don't want to see that part of the part of the the game being taken out, which is I think it would be stupid. But I also don't believe that you can rack up 180 penalty minutes and I mean you're going to give the crowd a good show, but you're not going to win a ton of games like that. So, um, you know I. I I love the game. I love how fast it's getting and so on. But I just think the Bruins are just constantly taking a step backwards with, with not addressing certain areas of you know the organizational system. So you know, call it, call me what you will, but um, I, I'd like to see changes. I really want to see a, a system change, whether you know Claude's on on board with it or not. And I mean, it just seems to be working for everybody else under the same cap. Ex- um, restrictions so all right so we're not going to jump into providence bruins stats or anything like that or any prospects this week because i really want to take advantage of the time um and talk uh trades i mean this is our first trade deadline special of the uh black and gold hockey podcast and uh, what we want to do is, we, I, I, you know, w- w- the names that we're going to say, uh, you know, aren't being tied to Boston. There's no, there's no, um, you know, 
it's more or less what we would like to see come this way if a trade happens. So um, don't kill us on our choices, please. We're just trying to have a good conversation and, and talk about it. But we'll see what happens on social media after this. But, uh, yeah, so I, I got a list of, of eight players. Um, and I think the priority is def- defense. And I understand that if if Erickson is is the player that is to be traded, which remains to be seen, heard, whatever, what's the truth and what's not, within 24 hours, um, I I think defense is a must. But I also believe that when you take a player out, he has to be replaced. So uh, my list came up, uh, I did it yesterday for a couple hours, and... Um, I'm just going to start off with uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, Justin Falk. I, I really like the guy's game. I like his intensity in front of the crease. Uh, but, I, but more of all, I like his offensive skills. Um, he's 23 years old. He's a right-shooting defenseman. Uh, he was drafted by Carolina in 2010. He's got a decent cap hit. Uh, his AAV is 4.833. Um, he's currently on a six-year deal, which expires in 2020. And this year, he's got in 55 games, he's got 15 goals, 19 assists, and 34 points. Uh, career numbers of 13, uh, 317 games played, 48 goals, 104 points, 150. Sorry, 48 goals, 104 assists, 152 points. So I. I, I like the idea, uh, and I, I actually didn't mind the rumor of, of that trade. Um, do you think he'd be a good fit? I do. I mean, those 15 goals, that's pretty impressive. That would be impressive if the season ended tomorrow. So the fact that it's you know going on March 1st and he's already got 15 goals, that's great as a defenseman. That's huge. And that'd definitely be something that... Uh, you know he, he could fit here. You could pair him with either Seidenberg or Chara and you know, let them heavy, uh, let Char and Seidenberg handle the heavy lifting as far as they stay at home and let Falk just do what he does. You know, imagine a power play with him and Krug at the points. Yeah, I know, I know that that's sick. What a quarterback team that would be. Absolutely. Uh, I the reason why I like Falk is. Um, because of the fact is that if Erickson goes that way, um, the the numbers are pretty much the same. It really not you know, but but like I said, if you take uh, you take a piece out, you have to replace it with somebody. And uh, you know, I, me personally, I wouldn't mind seeing somebody um, come up and take that spot, whether they be out of position or a positional player. Um, but the faith in the young and um, inexperienced is is few and far between with Claude. But uh, do you do you want to do you want to take go back and forth, or you just want me to go and read my whole list? Well, you read your whole list, and then I'll add mine after. All right, that sounds good. Okay. Well, my next one that I really love to see uh, is uh, from the Colorado Avalanche, Tyson Barry. I've been following him. For a couple years now, and I like his game. I really do. He's 24 years old. 
he's a, a right shooting defenseman. Uh, he's got a good cap hit at two point six million. Uh, he's on a two current two year deal, which expires July one. Um, and he's got decent numbers. I mean, this season in sixty games, he's got eleven goals, thirty one assists, forty two points, and career stats of uh, two hundred forty six games played, thirty eight goals, one hundred eight assists, one hundred forty six points. Another one that that has the uh, positional mindset of a of a a good young defenseman. Um, that that seems that he'd fit well in a Bruins uniform. Um, what are your thoughts? I like him. Um, again, like Falk, I think that where you are basically in an unofficial bridge here and you're building right now, building on the fly, you're building for the future. I think that both of these kids could very well be a part of that. I think they, they could potentially, if they make it here and they play well, could be part of the, the plan moving forward. Um, I like Tyson Barry. Uh, these offensive numbers, they're, they're almost nearly identical to Fox. You know, yeah. There's a pattern there as far as Sweeney, if these guys are being looked at. You know? Right. And, and a lot of the guys on this list that I, I've either said or I'm going to say, uh, and it's like, like I said, it's just my opinion, but I really like the way that these guys play, and I like the way that players like Chara and Seidenberg's contract end in about two, two years. If you get players like this, the transition will take a little while to get used to the system, but you'll be ready for when those expiring contracts of, say, Chara and Seidenberg are gone, and then these guys can step right into a bigger role. It's not like you it's not like you take in two players like Chara and Seidenberg out of the equation and dumping two guys right in and say, here you go, let's play. You got to give these players time to, uh, you know, to get used to a system, to play with each other, create chemistry. You know, you you know the whole thing. It's just, it's not as simple as a day or a week process. It's going to take time. But I think that players like this and what and the ones I'm going to mention later might fill in those roles quite nicely. Obviously, you want to be able, you know, he's walking a tightrope. You want to be able to build the team for now where we're going to, you know, potentially be going on a playoff run to the future, too. If you can get a kid, you know, like either of these kids just mentioned, you know, I mean, you can build with them for the future. And they'll come in and contribute right now. So, yeah, I mean, both of those moves would be great. would be great. So next on my list is uh, I, I he's injured right now, but I know how people don't like to talk about injured players and, and moving them. But uh, Minnesota Wilds, Jonas Brodeen. I another player I really like that I've been watching a lot since the trade. You know, spe- air quote speculations have been coming out. Um, he's 22. He's a left shooting defenseman. Uh, which I believe is is a need on this team. Uh, I could be wrong. I, I I wish I did better notes, but I wish I had the right shot, left shot of other uh, current Bruins defensemen. But um, he's he's also got a decent uh, annual cap hit, four point one. 
Um, and it's got good term. That's what I like about a player like Brodeen is his term. Um, he's got a 4.1 cap hit, but he's got, it's got uh, a term of six years, which expires in uh, 2021. Um, his numbers this season, you know, I'm not going to go crazy on stats about defensemen and how they should be Falcon and Barry numbers. But, uh, you know, this year he's got uh, a goal, five assists, six points, and career numbers of uh, 14, 39, 53 in uh, 245 games played. But it's it's his overall game besides his offensive numbers that he's got uh, good skill at. Well, those kind of things, that's important here in Claude's system. He loves stuff like that. That's his type of player. You know, it's too bad because, you know, you got to wonder if the poor guy didn't break his foot if he would already be here on the Bruins right now. You know? Right. Oh, is that what it was? It was a broken foot? I believe so, yeah. It oh. was uh, when the injury was announced, I believe it was for six weeks. Okay, all right. Cause... A couple weeks ago. So he's got about a month left on the shelf. When I was doing the research, I just I just saw injured reserved and and of course they they label lower body, so I I just didn't I didn't know if it was a, a certain injury. But thank you for for filling me in. Um, yeah, I, I like his game. I, I I like a lot of guys on on the Minnesota Wild team, uh, whether it be Brody and Scandella, Dumba, um, and there's another one that I was high on too that I don't remember, but um. Scandella? Is that the one you're talking about? No, I just said Scandella. Um, Okay. (laughs) Scandella. I said uh, Brodeen, Scandella, Dumba, Spurgeon, Jared Spurgeon. I like him. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Another one that I I don't have him on my list, but he's got got a little bit of term and uh, somewhat okay salary, but he's hit or missed. His consistency has to get a little better, but, you know, what can you do? Um, the next one and uh, then is uh, Anaheim Ducks Hampus Lindholm. Uh, I don't get an opportunity to watch a lot of West Coast games because of the time. Um, and if I am watching a West Coast game, I kind of prefer to watch the Kings. So, so but Hampus, he's young. Um, right now, he's got good cap. I mean, the guy, guy was drafted in uh, 2012, left shooting defenseman. Um, his cap hit right now is uh, under 900000 and he's on a three-year uh, entry-level contract, which expires July 1st uh, of this year. And I, another one, I like his numbers, just like Barry and Falk, uh, this season, he's got 59 games played, and he's 8, 11, and 19. Good numbers. Yeah, I believe so. And and his career numbers in 215 games played are 21 goals, 62 points, 62 assists, and 83 points. So, I mean, it's that's not bad. But a player like that is somebody you want to build your, 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 your immediate future on. And uh, I'm afraid if they... Do make a deal like that that they'll be giving up too much. Well, I mean, again, it's like those other two mentioned before. Lindholm's a kid that you know he's still young, um, and maybe you know maybe if a deal works out where he comes here, 
a couple of his teammates that I'll mention on my list and a few um, that maybe some kind of other package that Sweeney could come up with, he could send to Anaheim. It's possible. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a good player. There's, there's plenty of options. Exactly. Um, I wish I, I wish I watched a lot more of his games because I, I have a better um, you know visual evaluation of, of him. But unfortunately, I'm you know going off of what a lot of writers are saying and and, and stats. But uh, moving on, um, I'm gonna skip I'm gonna skip one right now because I'm gonna stay with Anaheim. And uh, I, I got to talk about Sammy Vatnin of the Ducks. Yeah. I mean, I, this now this kid I really like. I've seen a lot of video on him. Like I said, I don't have time to watch late at night. But uh, he's 24 years old. He's a right shooting defenseman. He was drafted in 09. He's got a cap hit of uh, 1.2 million. Uh, his length of current term is two years, which expires uh, this Jul- July 1st, 2016. He's uh, this season is another um, productive offensive defenseman uh, with 60 games played. He's got nine goals, 23 assists, 32 points. And he's got career stats of 29 goals, 63 assists, 92 points, and 183 games played in the NHL. So I that's a player I I really like. Um, I Man, he would look really good in a Bruins uniform. Would definitely would. I mean, you know, I've heard his name a lot, and and people are really impressed with this kid. I don't, I'm not sure Anaheim really wants to give up on him, but at the same time, with all this young talent they have on defense, they can spare to get rid of one or two to further their chances in the playoff run. They, but yeah, he would be great here. He, I, I would love to see him opposite Tara. You know, from, offense. From what I from what I've been reading from um, top hockey writers and uh, what I'm seeing on the. Uh, on the news and so on. And even in my personal research, um, Anaheim has got a serious pipeline of uh, defensemen that are ready to come up through the system. And what happens with that is, and, and you know, and, and everybody else knows that when you have so much talent and depth, you're going to get bottleneck sooner or later when it comes down to contract and negotiations. So um, it, deals like this have to be made for you know, um, forward progress in, in someone's development. Right. So then I mean then Anaheim's not pressured to make a move, but in the business sense, it's almost time to make a move. So that's why I put uh, Vatnin and and Hampus Lindholm on that list because that's a potential that Anaheim just really needs to move on. Not from their talents and not from their potential, but to move on because the fact is that people, uh, players below them are ready to make that step. Agreed. And, you know, you don't want your AHL team to become a parking lot. You know, and again, that's that's a problem. That has happened to a lot of teams. You get these assets, develop them, and then you see pretty much when you get to the point in their learning curve, whether you know, they're going to be a part of your team moving forward. And if not, they're a blue chip prospect. And, you know, you can come up with a package and kind of get rid of depth in one area and provide depth in another. 
So, yeah, that's a definitely a thing that they need to do there. And hopefully Don Sweeney can take advantage of that because they, there's a lot of talent there to be had, you know. It's just giving Anaheim the right deal. Now, would they take a Talbot as part of the package? You know, older guy, veteran guy, been there, won a title before. You never know. Um, again, you know, they, they could use another veteran or two on that team. That's a young team. And if you look at teams like Chicago and L.A., and these teams out west that are making moves right now, I mean, if you're Anaheim, you've got to do something. Because, uh, you know, they got holes on that team, especially on the perry Geslot line. And, you know, they've had, you know, at least four or five different guys try to fill on that line. And thus far, I mean, it really hasn't worked out for them. So they're in a position right now where – you know, if you're going to get rid of a Louis Erickson, that'd be a good landing spot for him. And, you know, plenty of uh, talent to come back this way. Up to Sweeney to make the right deal. Right. I mean, Anaheim's definitely turned it around for the, I mean, the beginning of the year, it was like, oh, my God, what happened? And yeah. like, players like Getzlaff, as of currently right now, I believe he only has like one, I mean, three goals. So, um, you know, They've really turned their their season around, so I'm really not sure if they're pressured to make a deal, or you know, I mean, we'll see what happens. But um, uh, all right. So my my last defensive pick of the day for the you know on my list, and is is definitely got to be Jacob Truba. You knew I was going there, didn't you? Oh yeah. I saved the freaking surprise for the best. I mean, the best surprise for last. But uh, he's a 22-year-old right-shot defenseman drafted in 2012. Um, he's currently on a three-year entry-level deal, at, which expires July 1, 2016. Another one that's got decent numbers. Um in 61 games played this season, he's got 5 goals, 11 assists, 16 points, and a career stats of 191 games played and contributing 22 goals, 45 assists, 67 points in that time. Um, that's that's a player I would absolutely love them to target, but a player like that is going to want um, a significant return. Winnipeg's going to want a lot. And I hate and I hate to say it, but I believe that if Winnipeg wants to make a deal like that, which I mean, he's on an entry level deal, so he, I mean, it he's going to get paid, I believe. But um, I believe it, for a return, you're going to talk a first round pick. You're going to talk uh, a player, current player on the roster, and is going to be young. And I. I have a bad feeling that if they do go after Truba, David Pasternak's name is going to be in, involved. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that cringe. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, you know, would they settle for a Seth Griffith, young kid who's on the cusp right now? Could he fit in with that um, list of talented four, young fours they have? Could. Um, what I love about Truba, though, is and if you put his name up against the other defenseman that you named, it's Truba is more of a two-way guy. And he plays all 200 feet of ice. Um, he's very responsible in his own zone. It's a physical game. 
definitely, you know, and his size. I mean, he's, he's what, 6'3", 200, something like that? I mean, he's a decent size kid. Yeah. And uh, definitely the kind of guy we're looking for. But would I give up a Pasternak for him? No, I wouldn't. Uh, Pasternak, I honestly, you know, I think he should, uh, again, I think he's going to have a huge year next year. And you don't know what he's going to do down the stretch. I mean, he's been heating up. He's playing well. He's hitting. I hope, you know, a kid like Pasternak wouldn't have to go the other way. But uh, a guy like Truba, I mean, he would be perfect here. Really. Right. I like the way, like like what you said about him is this. He plays a 200-foot game. My And, and I just want to, you know, uh, bounce off of that with um, he pinches in offensively. He knows when to leave the blue line and sneak towards the net. You know what I mean? Uh, waiting for, I mean, if, if the puck's over in the corner and you've got two players over there, and he's not afraid to take that chance and go down and make himself available for a, a quick one time in the back of the net. Right. You know, and um, when, when that happens, I don't see it too often, but, you know, when, when he pinches down low and doesn't get that goal, he's got wheels to get back. He back checks really well. Um, you know, that's just, like I said, that's just my opinion. But you know who he kind of reminds me of? Johnny Boychuk. Yeah. Just, you know, total cannon for a shot, plays well all over the ice. I mean, I'm not sure what kind of locker room guy he is. We all know Boychuk was a great locker room guy, uh, well-loved here, you know, not only by the fan base, but his teammate. And, uh, you know, that was that was tough last year to get rid of him. But, you know, he, like Truba, he reminds me so much of Boychuk. You need that guy. They're not necessarily a guy like Krug. I mean, Krug is great, and he adds so much to this team offensively. But you also you got to have a guy back there that's going to put the puck on the net and fire away. We just don't see much of that on this team right now. No, it's, it definitely seems to be uh, defense gets the puck, uh, pass it down low, create opportunities with the forwards near the net. And, you know, what, what happened to the uh, the 50-50 of, um, you know, a player being on the half, half boards, you know, distributing it evenly to get that shot? The ultimate goal is shots on net. Right. Whether, right. It, comes, whether it comes from the three forwards or the two defensemen, Somebody's got to get the puck on the net, and somebody's got to have the net friend's presence to, to be there to do something with it. Agreed. So, I mean, like you said, lately, I mean, to me, this year, I've seen less shots from the point. Yeah. So, I mean, I really want to see that more evened out, you know. I mean, there's a lot of games. I, I mean, I could, I could definitely take the time right now and go through all the games that the team's been outshot. I mean, that just creates more shots. I mean, you get five players on the ice that are shooting. The good you know, that... and, and you got guys up front like Hayes, like Boleski, maybe to a lesser extent. But a decent side creating traffic in front of the Dara doesn't really shoot anymore. And when he tries, the shots get blocked, and, you know, the puck goes the other way. We, do, we need that. We need that on this team. You need a guy back there that's going to fire the puck on the net. Keep that uh, goalie on his toes. Yes, exactly. They're not always going to say what they can't see. It's a good point. Great point, actually. Um, Okay, so those are my defensive pick. I picked six of them because I believe that that's the biggest area that this team needs. 
But I also rem I also know that once you take a piece out of the puzzle, it has to be replaced. Great. So here's where I'm gonna I know I'm gonna have my grave built because I'm gonna say this. I like Phoenix. Oh, we got we, we should get now a swear jar, but we're not swears. So every time you say Phoenix, you drop a buck in. But no, I took that from the Dangle freaking podcast. Those guys are always messing up, and they're always putting dollar in the uh, in the old jar. But <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, the Arizona Coyotes, Michael Bodker. I I like his skill. I don't. I I mean, I understand people don't don't like him. Don't like the idea, but I believe that um, you don't have to trade an Erickson to get a player like him. You know, and, and if you look at the 2016 draft that's coming up and the 017 draft that's coming up in Buffalo, I mean, no, it's this year in Buffalo and the next year is in Chicago's. Um, I, I, I honestly believe that he'd fit well in the Bruins. He's a uh, left winger. He's got a nice, quick release. He's got good speed. He's got a really good cap hit of 3.7. Um, and he's a he's a free agent as of July 1st. Uh, I mean, that's a reasonable cap hit. This, this season, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, this season, in 62 games, he's got 13 goals, 26, 26 assists, 39 points. Not lighting the league up. But you know, neither is uh, is Arizona. So uh, his career stats in 445 games, he has 80 goals, 133 assists, and 213 points. So it's about a half a point a game. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. He's he's he he's a role player. You know, he he could fit on any team. Um, as much as I really want to go after a a. a, a a replacement if Erickson's traded for a guy that's going to go score 40 goals. I'm sorry, but the value isn't there. Right. You know, the, if you if you want a guy like that, you're going to have to pay, and you're going to pay dearly with future assets. That I, me personally, I'm not ready to hand over uh, because I, I I'm not totally bought in on what is happening this season. Like I said in the earlier in the podcast, I believe the team was competitive when they structured everything together in the summertime on the off season. And this is what I expected sitting here in in late February. You know fighting for the top of the of the Eastern Conference, you know? I mean, this is what was on paper back in, in, in September and August. So, yeah, I really want them to see them make the playoffs, but I'm also really concerned about what the future is going to look like and 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 how that future is going to evolve with 24 hours to go in the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of questions. So, and uh, another one. This one is kind of uh, out in left field. If I can throw a baseball reference into a hockey podcast but uh i like Jaden swartz of this uh st louis blues uh he's a 23 year old um he's got a a good 2.3 cap hit uh his current 
deal expires July 1, 2016. Uh, he's been injured a lot this season. He's got 15 games played this year, four goals, six assists, 10 points. And his career NHL stats are 222 games played, 66 goals, 79 assists, 145 points. I think he'd be a good fit in Boston. He's got good skill, good speed, uh, good vision of the ice. He he can be gritty. I know if I know if he if he goes to a different team, a uh, different style. I believe he'll uh, adjust nicely. But I really think that you know, if that was a target, which I'm you know I'm not saying any of the guys on my list are a targeted players by the Bruins because I'm not in their room. But um, uh, that's somebody I'd like love to see in the Bruins uniform. Yeah, he came up basically in his best years have been under Hitchcock, and that guy's a great coach. I mean, he's more of a kind of a north-south type of coach where he likes to push the pace. So he's like a two-way guy more, whereas Julian is more of a defensive-oriented coach. But come from a system like that is, is good because you know, when you come here to Boston. You know, you better be able to prepare to pay two on the play, 100 feet of ice. Otherwise, you're not going to make it here. Or the, me- or the media and fan base are going to eat you up. <laughs> and eat us cage owners up at the same time. Absolutely. So those are my guys. Um, you know, let me know if you, if you like them or not. Or, you know, I'm always here for a good discussion. But uh, I'm very interested in to hear what you guys, what you have on uh, on your slate. I did my research a little bit different. Um, obviously, I didn't add in cap numbers or anything like that. But at the same time, you know, where we have six million in the cap space and assets to move, that can be adjusted. Um, first one on my list uh, for a defenseman would be Russell from Calgary. And as I mentioned before, you know. 170 block shots, second in the league. That's pretty impressive. And, you know, you look at Rask. I mean, he's had to face 80 shots the last two games. That's a lot. And you kind of, you know, want to cut down on those because, you know, at times they end up at the back of your net. So that's my first one. Um, I know he's a little undersized. I've talked to Calgary fans that think that he'd be better suited as a third-pairing defenseman. And, you know, when you got guys like Kevin Miller and McQuaid, I'm not sure how that would work out, but still a good player. I like him. You, your thoughts? I I do like uh, Chris Russell for the fact is that he, he puts his body out there to, um, for the betterment of the team, and that's his style of play. Uh, and whether – whether he gets injured or not because of the way he plays, eh, eh, whatever. Every you know, but I don't. I mean, this this year he's got four goals, eleven assists, fifteen points. Not bad. Uh, but it, I mean, it, it really looks like I'm looking at his stats right now for his career, and it looks like he's he's been injured a lot. He missed a lot of games, so it's it's almost like I don't know how to word this. 
he has one great attribute to his game that it would would definitely be a fit in Boston. But his overall game, I'm not overly sure about that. But uh, I mean, it, I wouldn't trade Erickson for him. I wouldn't either. I, I mean, I, I I would definitely try to piece some t- something together. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if if they did that, I, I'd I'd be for it. I would too. I wouldn't want to see him trade one of the first over there for this in this kind of move either. You know? Yeah, I mean, the injury part of it that's kind of scary when you got McQuaid there that. It's pretty much used all the duct tape that we have to use on players, uh, you know, to keep them together and keep them on the ice. But um, at the same time, you know, again, if he could come in here and block shots and not get injured, it'd be a big help. Sure, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I, I would, I would be happy with if if we could acquire him for. Say a fourth round pick and 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 Kuklachev. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would I would have no problem with that. So, yeah. and it'll probably give Kuklachev an opportunity to to catch on someplace else uh, with Calgary. Calgary's a young team uh, with a good draw. You know, I, I think he'd probably you know catch on with those guys. But agree. I mean, that's a team that's going to be rebuilding, um, and they got a lot of good young talent. So yeah. Sure. You know, catch fire with one of these kids they acquire at the deadline, whether it be us or whoever else, that's a pretty good landing spot for a kid right now. You know, so yeah, we'll see. Anything else on that one? No, I'm good. All right. The second one would be Ham House from Vancouver. Now, this one would be, would be very tricky. It, it definitely would. I mean... Could it end up being another Caberly or, or uh, Corvo? It's possible. Um, what I like about him is it went healthy. He's a good player. Decent second pairing defenseman. Uh, been around a long time. Been to a final. Well, the final that we won back in 2011. It's a good thing. But he's a good player. And uh, again, with him, I mean, there's been injury issues uh, in the past. Uh, his cap hits what right around what four point eight I believe, which is a little bit excessive, you know, for a player that gets injured. But uh, you know, he's going to be looking for a long term deal this summer. So if he gets moved, he's going to want to go to a team that'll give him that opportunity. I do, I, I do like what you what what you're saying about uh, Dan Hamus, but um, what I don't like is his age. Uh, he's thirty three years old. Um, I really like to stay away from aging defensemen. I'd really like to stay within, you know, the the twenty seven to twenty four, twenty three range, right. as uh, you know, because this 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 defense just has to get better, and it has to get, and I believe it'll get better with a a stronger mix of younger players. Right. But uh, uh, injuries, man. It's a lot. It's a lot to take on. I mean, and it's tricky too because it's it's concussions and his biggest issue. Yeah, that's that's huge. Yeah, and you know, again, you, you play against the Bruins, you got to take a pounding because you know um, we try to play physical at times, and that's one thing when you're, you're playing physical. 
there's going to be a pushback from the other team. Would he be the, the best fit here? I, I'm not sure. I, I don't think so. I like a lot of the other names that you mentioned before in the first couple, the first one that I mentioned more in this move. This is just something that I heard. Am I, am I for it? Eh, not really. Right. I, I think he may end up in Dallas. I think that's a good landing spot. For him, but now we'll have to see. Dallas. Dallas seems to be the airport for everybody to go. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. But they, they're, they're making it work. They're making it work. I mean, they have a decent, you know, they're, they're number one in the West, and jeez. Well, I mean, because you got Jim Nil there. I hope I pronounced his first name right. You did. It's right off of the uh, Detroit tree. Yep. And that's a team that, you know, other than, well, maybe L.A. and Chicago have caught up now, but that was a team that stayed relevant for 30 years. They Drafted well, especially in the, the lower round, sixth round. Guys like Zetterberg and Datsuk were picked in the lower rounds. I know. Isn't that crazy? Unbelievable. I mean, that, that's that's scouting at its best right there. That's when, you, that's when you know you believe in somebody. Agreed. And he's starting to bring that down to Dallas. And you put a guy like Wendy Ruff, who's one of the best coaches in the league in there. And, you know, it's a, it, it's it's something special going on down there. That's good for them. Sure. They need, uh, any more from their fan base, and they're getting a reason. Sure. Um, my third player, another defenseman, was Scandella uh, from Minnesota. I like him. Um, not the biggest guy in the world. Um, more along those lines of like a, how do I say, a Tory Krug, small. Um, definitely better defensively than, than Krug. He's got a, a pretty decent two way game, he played well. Another guy, I, I would definitely think he'd be a good fit here. I could see him playing uh, on a pairing with Chara. He's got good term. He's got good term too. I like the way he's he's an unrestricted free agent in 2020. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I like I, I like Scandella's game. He's currently on a five-year deal. Left shooting defenseman, and he's got he's got decent stats too. I mean, oh, he's a good he player. I like him. He'd definitely be a good fit, and he's twenty six. So I like that. I like that. I don't want to. I don't want to make everything about age and so on. I mean, there is it, there is something about talent, but lately, the past two years. Our, our aging defensemen are just not cutting it. No, I mean, they're dinosaurs. Right. You know, I mean, they're basically, at times, they trip over the blue line. You know, no, no. again, there needs to be more speed on that uh, on that defense. There's guys like McQuaid that doesn't have a lot of speed, and then obviously Seidenberg and Chara, you know. Right. They might as well put a doorknob on their jersey. They're, they're dinosaurs in a league that's constantly evolving in, in speed and creativity. You know, it's just, you know, if the league's getting better, you think your organization should get better. But, uh, again, we are talking from behind our computers. Yes. and <laughs> so, Absolutely. Right. Um, my next, what I'm going to do is I have... One more defenseman on my list, and then three forwards. So I'm going to get the next defenseman, Cam Fowler. Uh, Ooh. I know that's a pipe dream. 
I know Anaheim thinks a lot of him. I remember when they drafted him. Uh, it is is got all the tools to be a really really potent Carlson like uh, defenseman. Yeah, he's got tremendous skills. Not the biggest guy in the world. But he's a he's a great defenseman, and the upside that kid has I mean, that would fit him very well here. How the hell did I miss him on my Anaheim rant? Jeez, you're a sneaky fella, Derek. <laughs> So what else you got on him? Uh, no, I just I like him. I, I think he'd be great here. You know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but neither is Krug. So, good point. Yeah. I I I also like Cam Fowler. I. He's. He's got a little term. He's got a, his his age is good. Um. I. It's funny when I say when I say he's got term, I mean that he's got years to that the Bruins can ten, can work with him, and they and it's not like a, a player like Truba or anybody that's on their currently on their last year of their deal. That's when deals can get really fuzzy for me because you, you trade for the player, but then the off season you don't retain him. Right. So when I when I say a good term, I mean he's under contract. You don't have to deal with him or negotiate with him for at least three or four years. To me, that's a good deal. Definitely. You know, it, it gives it gives the player an opportunity to sneak in here and be a part of the system and not be a part of you know a move that you're only going to be around for a month or two and then it's all over. Somebody else Plus- is going to grab you. True, and plus this kid is, you know, he's been highly touted since uh, he was a junior. Just a great player, and, you know, we're, we're trying to build forward and, and rebuild on the fly. This is the kind of kid that you bring in to pretty much rebuild around. You know, you make him a part of your future. And, again, that's one thing that I've stressed. I, I not only want to see Sweeney add to this team, but I want to see him add players that are going to do well now and plus, be here a part of the solution down the line. I, I remember. I remember he had a Fowler had a monster season with the uh, OHL Windsor Spitfires. Uh, eight goals and forty-seven assists, fifty-five points in fifty-five games. That was just. I, I, I do remember that very, very well. That was back in two thousand nine, ten. Uh, and, and then, you know, this, see, you know, he's done well in his career. I mean, he's had, you know, um, it was difficult on him in, in a few ways when, when Boudreaux went out there and kind of came in and, and changed, turned the team around. And, um, again, you know, there's a young player that, you know, with Anaheim right now, um, he, he'd definitely be a player that could be moved. I, I think Sweeney would definitely hit gold with him. Yeah, definitely going back, going back to his, um, to the depths of the Anaheim Ducks. You know, they're going to be forced to do something sooner or later. So they might be, you know, you know, wherever the cap goes, you know, some of these moves might be cap casualty moves, as just like the Bruins had with Boychuk. It could yeah. be, and you know, you look at the cap and all those rumors about it maybe going down a couple of mil because of the Canadian dollar and all that stuff. Uh, you know. So um, see the last the, the last time I heard was a month ago. I checked the Canadian dollar and it was at fifty six cents. 
and then w within I think a week, uh, believe me, that I, I believe this week, I checked it again and it was 72. I could be wrong on that on the amounts, but uh, it's going up. So I mean, if it goes up two million, whatever. But I, I'd hate to see this gap go down. I mean, you, you're going to see heavy losses from teams that are up against the the cap, struggling to, to keep their players on without making moves, and these bottom feeders that have internal caps and uh, and are running on the low cap end get players get players like this. I mean, it's a vicious cycle no matter what. But it totally is. And I look at a guy like Glenn Cross last uh, last summer that was forced to retire. There were no jobs out there. I was an aging forward in his 30s, and, um, you know, if the cap was to go down, guys like that will be forced to retire. Um, again, this is a transition in the league right now where it's turning into a younger uh, man's league. And so it's tough, you know. Yeah, that would definitely bring on a lot of casualties as far as players are concerned. Bigger, faster, stronger. Um, okay, now to my forwards. Um, I've mentioned this before. I'm a huge Charlie Coyle fan. Charlie Coyle, South Weymouth's favorite son. Yeah, <laughs> grew up down here. I mean, uh, part of a long line of players that have come out of the area down here where I live. You know, guys like uh, Jeremy Roenick and Tony Amante and Mike, Mark Sullivan. You know, all the... Um, Definitely a great player. I love him. Uh, he can play center or wing. 6'3", 220. So he's a big kid. He's a big boy. Puts up points. Um, yeah, I would love to see him here. You know, if uh, we were to deal with Minnesota, and, you know, like you said in your list, I mean, there's some really good young defensemen over there. If they were to make it a blockbuster trade, I, I would love to see him come here. I would love to see him play on the wing with uh, Berge and Marshawn, you know. Creative player offensively. Um, yeah, I, I would hope he would come here. But, again, you know, I'm not Don Sweeney. So <laughs> right. What do you think? I I, I like Coyle. I do. Um, I, I'm not I, – I like I like him as a player. I think he'd be a good Bruin. But I'm just trying – messing my head about the ways that things could happen to make it work out. Um, you're obviously going to have to trade Erickson – for a defenseman, if if you deal with Minnesota, you're going to have to deal Erickson to get a defenseman and a little extra. Now, let me ask you this: Would okay. you would you be up for an Erickson to Minnesota for one of the three: Brodeen, Scandella, or what's the other one that I say that I missed out on? Or Spurgeon? Just, just throw out some names, all right? One of those guys and Charlie Coyle for David Pasternak. Would you do it? No. Okay. So you I love the Pasternak. Now, if, you, if you're talking like Erickson, Morrow, and if you want to throw one of the first in as a sweetener, I'm okay with that. Because that's, you know, these are two kids that you're building for with the future and now. Right. So that type of move, I, I'd be on board with that. Yeah, you don't you don't want to mess with the with the with the future, and I'm not I'm not throwing past the next name in there all the time either to get rid of him because I don't like him. I'm just you know this is the stuff that I read from the top hockey you know 
personalities around the league that, you know, if, if, if it's the return, it's the return that other teams are going to want. So I'm not hating. Uh, again, Pasternak is one of our best assets, our best prospects. Obviously, if you are, let's say, talking trade with Don Sweeney and you are trying to make a deal, obviously, when the when the deal when you start talking deal, you're gonna go to the top of the list first, and then you kind of make your way down, and you know maybe. Minnesota says, well, you know, what about Pasternak? And when, you know, Don Sweeney could say, well, no. We got this kid, Seth Griffith, down in Providence that's ripping the league up right now. Um, what if you take him instead? Well, who knows? Maybe there's somebody else out there. Maybe uh, one of these prospects in college or whatever, maybe a Heinemann or somebody, maybe uh, Minnesota would want one of those players. You never know. There's plenty of options. Uh, it's like, Using a Rubik's cube, you know, <laughs> it's so complicated. Right. I like that for an old reference. That was pretty good. <laughs> I like that. What else you got? Okay, the next player on my list. Um, these next two players are probably less likely to happen. Um, <clears throat> one of the rule uh, rumors that I heard the other day was Erickson to St. Louis for Gaskin young player that they have, uh, AHL player. Um, don't know much about the kid. Um, a left winger, more I hear, is highly skilled. So maybe, you know, they could bring him in and play him with Krejci and uh, Pasternak. Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe, you know, chemistry develops, you know. Um, again, you know, asking in a first for Erickson, St. Louis, you probably figure their draft pick's going to be somewhere in the 20s. It's a tough move. Um, you know, like I said, with this kid Jaskin, you don't know what you're going to get. So. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a, a roulette play right there. Because he's not tearing it up either um, with the St. Louis organization. So um, if, he's, if he's involved in a package deal... I, yeah, I wouldn't mind that, you know. You're, but you're getting a, a a bigger asset. If you trade Louis Erickson, you're not trading him for Jaskin. That's no way that's happening. Oh, Jaskin, uh, Bacchus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. but we also, I mean, does Bacchus play the left side and the center? He's a center by trade, but he has played on the wing in his career. And he's on, uh, and he's on the last year of his deal too. Yeah, which is similar to um, what Erickson's making this year. So, you know, right. you could do one for one, it'd be a wash. It's pretty much equal. Yeah. And then you could save that $6 million in cap space and you know, use it towards uh, Marchand's deal or, or Krug's deal. You know, those two are going to be up in the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, I know Krug, Krug is up uh, next year or this year. Year at the end of this year, yeah, and, and Marshan next year. I mean, they're gonna have a lot of work to do in the next uh, next thirty eight months, maybe, uh, with contract negotiations, and it's gonna bottleneck on on you know what's your priority? Is it is it is it you know staying a, uh, at the ceiling of the cap, 
or creating cap space. But, I mean, in today's NHL, if you don't have – if you're not up against the ceiling, you're not doing your job. Right. You know, you're not, you're not one of the top players. I mean, look at all the – look at Calgary. Calgary is a, a – you know, not a very good team, but they got, I think, $8 million, $9 million in cap space. They could definitely get some – but you know that's probably a team that's got an internal cap too that says we can't spend a certain amount of money. So I don't know. All right, moving on, I have two left. Um, one of them, the one I'm going to mention now, Jonathan Drewing. Um, I can't see how Sweeney would pull that off. I think it would be great. But I think if you're Stevie Eisenman, I don't think you want to trade this kid within the division because you know that this kid's going to have a chip on his shoulder every time he plays Tampa. And if you trade him to a team like Boston or Ottawa has been mentioned too, you're going to have to face him five times a year. Right. So um, that's a pipe dream. I think it could work. Who the hell knows? I mean, this kid's got so much skill and so much talent that really hasn't been used yet. But he's got an attitude. He does. He does. And, you know, he hasn't handled this situation well. Uh uh, as far as is leaving the team, AHL team, and going home, um, you know, where we've had young players that have worked their way out of here, like Kessel and Sagan, do they want another headache? I mean, do they want to increase Julian's blood pressure meds? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'd like to see – I'd love to see his talent. I just – I have a real bad problem with his attitude. You know, and his him and his agent just just are not getting it right. No. You know, if you if you want to be a value in this National Hockey League these days, you have to put in your work. Shut your mouth. Put in your work. Yeah, and then you get a guy like like Stamkos. I mean, he's answered questions when the media has asked him, but he's never been he's never gone out of his way to slam the organization. Um, he's just like, hey, man, look. You know, I'm trying to focus on the game in hand right now. Right. I'm not thinking about this. Whatever happens, happens. And it's too bad that Julian wouldn't look at a guy like Stan Coase and say, hey, you know, maybe I should handle this differently. But you're right. He no, hasn't handled it well. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's it just doesn't look good for him. I mean, right. it's too bad. I mean, you, you go to work, do what you have to do. But if, if you're not happy, keep it internally. Yeah, you know, s- sit down with your GM and say, "Can you please trade me?" Don't go out in the media and figure, you know, because that that just that just spills over and makes the the player look really bad when you do shit like that. Agreed. And you know, you, if you're a rival GM, you don't want to bring a kid in that's gonna, you know, play for a year and a half out of a two three year deal and say, "Well, you know what? I think I should be paid more." Yeah, and be a pain in the ass during negotiations. I mean, Ex- uh, that was I was just about to interrupt you and say that. You know, I mean, it, once something like this happens, it, it doesn't just go away. This player it has an attitude like that for the rest of his career. And when it comes down to negotiations, he's going to want this, this, and that. When the organization's going to go, well, we wanted you to do this, this, and that. Look at Oh, God, what a perfect, perfect. He had to walk around with that reputation after he got drafted and then forced the trade to Philly. Um it stuck with him for most of his career. And where he's not in the Hall of Fame right now, 
Outstanding comparison, my friend. That was just, that just blew me that blew me away. Nice job. I have my moments. <laughs> That's why I got you. <laughs> uh, moving on, my last player. Uh, again, he just signed a contract uh, over the summer, a two-year extension. Was Cam Atkinson? I love this kid. You know, I kind of came in on him when we played him the last game, and, and his name was mentioned every two minutes, all over the ice, uh, in his own zone, neutral zone, offensive zone. The kid is just, uh, I love him. I really do. You know, ex-college teammates of uh, Jimmy Hayes, so obviously he's going to add to the chemistry. He's still young. And you put him on the op- opposite wing of Bergie and have that speed of him and Marshawn, it's going to drive opposing defensemen crazy all night long. Um, my, one of my favorite players off of the Bruins. Would love to see him here. Um, that, yeah, yeah, I, I, I like Cam. He's a good right winger. Uh, he fills. He can definitely fill in a role for the Bruins. Uh, he's got a good net front presence. Um, he can work in the corners. He's got speed. He's got good vision. Uh, yeah, I mean, his numbers aren't blowing, you know, the league away, but um, you don't have to be the, the the top goal scorer in the National Hockey League to be an effective player on any team. So I, I, I do I, – there's a lot of things that I would love to see on this team. It's just how, how I kind of make sense of everything, you know what I mean? Will it work? Will it won't? Who are you giving up? What potential future asset are you are you pissing away on somebody that isn't going to produce? I mean, this is the gamble. This is Las Vegas of the National Hockey League. And making another deal. Um, and who's to say that they couldn't expand a deal like that? Matt Johnson. Now, there's a kid right now, obviously, all kinds of personal issues with his family and that whole bankruptcy thing. Um but he still, when he came into the league with L.A., was was one of those type of players, a cornerstone defenseman. And got to wonder if maybe a change in scenery again for him might work out. Uh, maybe Columbus will need not for that much. Kids. Uh, obviously, they're going to be important to kind of oversee the rebuild because he pretty much helped build that Tampa Bay team that, uh, that won the title back in 2004. So... You know, who knows? Maybe, you know, there's another player, Jack Johnson. He'd be great here. I, I like him. He's a he's a strong kid. I mean, you take everything outside of hockey away from that guy. He's a he's a decent defenseman. He's got great friggin' legs as in uh mobility in the in the box. Um and and he's doesn't cheat. And he plays the game pretty good. But uh, I like I just like his his strength. His strength is it blows away any offensive productions for a defenseman in my eyes. And what I like about him and Atkinson, if you were able to somehow pull off some kind of a move like that, is they both have hockey smarts. Yeah. And that's important. That's really important in this league. You have to be able to think away from the puck. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and a guy like Julian and his system that that would be. Both of those guys would be perfect fits. I mean, I don't know if they could, uh, you know, I know that 
you get all these teams that are looking at teams like Columbus and whatnot, and you know the, the bones of these teams that are pretty much you know, throwing in the towel. But right, uh, those are two guys that would definitely be great here. Well, that's all I got. All right. Well, that was uh, interesting, to say the least, for our first trade deadline special. Um, hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, we are passing an hour and 15 minutes right now, so I'm going to wrap things up. Um, thanks for this. Uh, thanks for you know doing your due diligence and your homework and getting this done. I uh, spent a couple hours yesterday trying to get some numbers together but it was it was all worth it and definitely uh be more prepared for the next next trade deadline um i if something happens are you available to talk tomorrow night yeah definitely, definitely. okay um, well, well, well yeah, because, you know the i'm just trying to think of when the best time would be but uh usually you know the last deals get reported after 5 p.m and sometimes those can be juicy Okay, well, you know, I, I get off my dinosaur at the Rock Crusher um, tomorrow at three thirty. I had to throw the Flintstones thing in there, so I, I, I punch my slate. I punch my slate at three thirty, so I'm home. I only live like two miles away from where I work, so um, I'm home at three forty-five. So anytime after that, if something happens, we can definitely jump on and do some uh, quick discussion about it. Awesome. Um, I just want to, real quick, uh, give a shout out to uh, friends from um, all over the world that have uh, been paying attention to the uh, podcast and and um, my personal blog. Uh, Marco from Bathurst, uh, New Brunswick, uh, constant supporter, friend of the show. Uh, thank you, Marco, for everything. The kind words are really uh, motivating, to say the least. He's one of my favorite posters on uh, online in the fan base. I love the guy. Yeah, he's 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 definitely got. Um, he you know he plays both sides of the coin on when it comes to uh, player analysis. Uh, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. And uh, one from the United Kingdom, uh, my friend Rob. Uh, he's a constant listener. Uh, he constantly uh, sending me messages of encouragement uh, for the show. And thinks that we're doing a very good job and enjoys listening to us while he goes on his Sunday walk. So, really, really good. Uh, I love, um, I, we, we love all the listeners no matter where they come from. Uh, whether it be Canada, UK, China, uh, to Vietnam, whatever. Uh, the support is just overwhelming lately. And we've only gotten five shows uh, so far. So, um, thank you all for the support. Thank you all for the kind words. And, uh. We love doing it. Great, and like like Mark said, thank you very much. We always appreciate the support, and uh, keep listening because we're going to keep getting better. It's evolving. Practice makes perfect. I, I know there's a lot of people out there that are you know ready to drive their truck off the road because they hear something that we said. But uh, please give us a little time. We'll get better. Absolutely, it's a hobby. You know, if we got paid for it, you can go to my boss and tell me how bad I'm doing. But it's a hobby, so shut up and listen. If we get paid for it, it's like hitting the lottery. So yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Derek, thanks again for another awesome week, man. And uh, um, I look forward to chatting you off offline and, and um, 
and see uh, where we go from here and, and our plans for next week's show. Sounds great, man. All right, brother. Take care, man. All right, man. I'll be thanks, talking. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.